Listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on PetLifeRadio.com. I'm your host, Ty Brown of TyTheDogGuy.com. Now, this is the show where we help you start or grow your dog-related business to a healthy six-figure per year or more income. Now, today's show is a unique one. You know, I frequently consult with other business owners, and one of the first things we'll do is what's called an opportunity analysis, the purpose of which is to look for what I call undercover income. So on today's show, we've got a very brave soul, one who is willing to bear her business to us and look for some of this undercover income. So stay right with us. We're going to be right back with Karina Melanie. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Listen, cat people, it's just litter. Until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, and big money. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. It guarantees less smells, less work, all with less litter. Try the small bag that lasts one cat 30 days and you'll realize it's just litter. Unless it's World's Best Cat Litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and at your local grocery and pet stores. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, and we're back. And so first of all, Karina, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So now normally when I do one of these, what I call an opportunity analysis or op analysis, I'll usually spend like 45 minutes or an hour. Now, today we're going to kind of truncate that down to just about a half hour. So if I get a bit breezy, just forgive me. Now, when I consult with qualified dog businesses, I guarantee them an income increase of $20,000 or more per year. And that's what I'm looking to do here today. I want to see if we can find where you have hidden at least $20,000, if not more. And so anytime that I kind of consult with somebody, I always tell them my job as the consultant is not to be the smart guy. It's not to be the know-it-all. It's to be the guy that just asks good questions and so that we can both arrive, you know, at some good information here. So sound fair? Fantastic. Cool. So tell me a little bit about your business. What's the name of it? How long you've been in business, et cetera? Sure. So my business is The Loyal Hound. I'm located in Medford, Massachusetts, and I have been in business for four years. I just recently got LLC'd in 2015, just at the beginning of the year, and I was working under the name Pause Alive before. So I guess this business itself under this name has only been around for a year, Okay. if you look at it that way. And you're sole proprietor or do you have employees? I have one employee under me. We are an LLC with an S-Corp elective. 
Okay. Now, I know you a little bit. Folks at home don't. I happen to know that you recently opened up a, a training facility, right? Yes. And beforehand, I was just uh, working with another facility and essentially was on a commission-based sort of situation. So I wasn't paying rent, but I was using their space and had access okay. to their client base, et cetera, et cetera. So. Okay. And so here you are, you've got a facility, you've got a single employee. What do you do? Private lessons, board and trains, both group classes. How does your business split up? Sure. So I would say the bread and butter and what we are kind of regionally renowned for is the board and train rehabilitation programs that we do. Um, We specialize in off-leash obedience and rehabilitation of dog and human aggressive dogs. So, you know, we get a lot of people who come to us as kind of their last hope and they're like, we really don't want to put our dog down. We're willing to do anything. And and that's usually a bulk of the people that we get. I'd say that's probably about 82 to 85 percent of our clients. Then the rest is day training and one on one. So it's really the board and trains that we that we specialize in. Awesome. And so that kind of leads me to my next question. There's a lot of dog trainers that do board and trains. What is special about you? Why should somebody do business with you? Sure. So with the board and trains that we do, it's super comprehensive. And what I feel that we do differently is we don't really have a cookie cutter method for every dog that comes in. Because even if you have a fear aggressive dog, the next fear aggressive dog that you get is not going to work well with those methods that you use for the first one. So it's really about customizing it to that specific dog and being able to, you know, look at that dog when they come in and be like, all right, this is what I think is going to work and being willing to change that as you work and get to know that dog. And I think that's what's made us really successful. So you're not cookie cutter, you're willing to change. How is this communicated to your prospects? Sure. So I think that our website um, has a ton of information on it. Uh, We post a lot of videos, a lot of before and after, a lot of testimonials. I go into detail about what to expect out of the program, what your dog will be able to do at the end of that program. And I feel like the reason I'm able to guarantee that is because I'm very careful about the clients that I'm taking on and getting a good idea of the dog that I'm taking on beforehand. Otherwise, I feel like I really couldn't say that in an ethical, honest way. Okay. So take me through that. What is your process from lead to sales? So you're careful about who you take on, but where are these leads coming from and what do you do to lead them to to the sale? Sure. So I find that most leads are coming from word of mouth, I would say is first and foremost, the way that we get folks. Then secondly, it's Yelp. And then thirdly, it's the website. Or, you know, Yelp and the website might be tied, but that's where I feel like we're getting most of our client base. And usually I'd say half the time people are calling or writing an email and being like, hey, this is what my deal is. Here's what I'm struggling with with my dog. I've read great things about you. That's really good to me because that says they've already checked me out, which is wonderful and saves me some time. And then I don't have to sell myself to someone, which is great. And then I'd say the other half of the time, 40 to 50% of the time, people are just booking the program online before even speaking to me. And it's taken a while to get to that point, but that is that's fantastic and that's really what I love and then of course I'll follow up with the client I include a free eval have them in meet them make sure they're a good fit but 95% of the time they are and I think again it's taken a while to really fine-tune my screening process and make sure I'm presenting myself in an honest transparent genuine way on the website to attract the right people to me but that's I'd say how it is right now at this point. Okay, so so to recap here, some folks you do a free eval with and then you're able to sell them. Some folks are booking the program without talking with you and then some folks are calling in and, and then you chat with them and then you book them on the phone. Is that right? Yes, correct. And with any program that people book, I include a free evaluation. That's included because I want to meet them, you know, before I'm working with their dog. But I include that I have them in, kind of show them the facility, you know, 
really win them over, even though they've already booked the program even more and really kind of build that initial rapport with them. Okay. Are you tracking at all like a conversion rate? And what I mean, well, there's two conversion rates in specific. One would be how much traffic is getting to your website versus how many leads you get. And the second would be how many leads you get versus how many sales you get. Do you track any of those? I do not, but what I will, I do, I was going to say not through, not through any fancy program. I use Google Drive though. So if that counts, mm-hmm. then yes, I do. And I keep track of, you know, client, what their dog's in for and, um, you know, how much they paid. And I always ask clients, how did you find us? So yes, I do keep track in that regard. And I'd say, yeah, again, it's about half, half, you know, people who automatically book the program before even speaking to us and half who email or call at okay. this point. What's a, a general range that your program is going to cost most people? So the programs that we have, day training programs, are those are currently about four ninety nine, and that's on the lower end. And those are a full day, but they're super intensive. You know, they cover stuff like if you have a leash reactive dog, household manners. You know, people who are freaking out or dogs who are freaking out at the door, jumping on guests, and um, off leash recall. We do that as well in those day training programs, and then we move on to the board and trains, and those are anywhere from twenty five hundred to I believe we're at about thirty eight hundred right now, going up to the four weeks. Okay. So 2,500, 3,800. Okay. And that's kind of the bulk of your programs, right? You know, group classes or anything like that? No, you know, I really, I started out teaching group classes and at first, you know, I thought it was really fun. I really liked designing the syllabuses and the curriculum and really had a blast, but I found that, you know, most of the time it was really just classroom management and where I find I really enjoy working with folks and with dogs is in that one-on-one really intensive setting. Not that group classes are not wonderful things. And I think down the line, that's something I'd like to get back into offering, especially for folks who have done the board and trains and want to maintain that training. Um, But right now it's just, I've kind of taken a break from that. I think back in the day too, you know, I wasn't attracting the right kinds of clients. So now maybe those group classes wouldn't be so bad, you know? Gotcha. Okay. And so do you have any idea like off the top of your head, what kind of traffic you're getting to your website on a monthly basis? I don't. Is there a way to, is there a way to find that out? Cause I'm using um, Wix as a platform and I hear that WordPress is a little bit better. I don't know if there's a way with what I'm using right now to track that. So I would have to imagine that with Wix, I know with, uh, with WordPress, uh, you can just install Google Analytics. And so Google oh, cool. Analytics, you can put Google Analytics on every site. I just know that with WordPress, there's a very simple box that you put it in and, and whatnot. And I would imagine that Wix is the same. Way back, you know, 10 years ago with my first website, I was able to put Google Analytics on it and it wasn't WordPress. So so you can get it on, on any site. But what I'm, anytime we're looking for what I call undercover income, we're looking for any sort of inefficiency. Mm-hmm. And from how you're describing it, things obviously sound very efficient. But of course, every business has some efficiency, inefficiency somewhere. Oh, so course. what I like to start tracking whenever possible is say, okay, you know, we have uh, 300 people coming to the website in a month or whatever, and we get uh, 15 leads. I don't know. Or we get 30 leads or, or whatever the case might be. We can start looking at those numbers and saying, okay, what can we tweak on the website? so that that conversion rate goes up a little bit. Now, I'm guessing your conversion rate from lead to sale is pretty high. I mean, what uh, if you had to guess that, what would you say it is? Sure. So I'd say of the folks who are calling or emailing us, I'd say we're booking about 78, 80% of them. Um, I think 20% of them either end up, you know, not being a good fit for us. You know, they didn't check out any information beforehand. So they didn't know what they were getting into. They're not comfortable with our tools or with our methodology. Or I just decided they weren't the right, the right clients for me, you know, based on their email or based on our phone conversation, in which case, you know, I don't necessarily say that to them. I'll refer them out to a colleague. There are lots of very skilled trainers who have 10, 20 years on me in the area who I will just send them out to. 
Gotcha. And so let's say your conversion rate 70%. Now, of the 30% that aren't buying, certainly there's a portion that aren't a good fit. But let's say, you know, 20% of those that are not buying are a good fit. It's just the wrong time, the wrong price or, or whatever. Do you yep. have any sort of a system for following up with folks that don't convert? Yes. So for folks who kind of will write an email and be super, super interested and then kind of drop off the face of the earth, what I'll usually do is I'll make a note to myself in, in the Google Calendar just to call those people back, especially if they leave a number. I'll usually give them two to three days because sometimes people want to think about it and want to talk about the program, which I totally understand. You know, other times people are like, all right, great, let's sign up. And of course, those are the ideal clients who are who are really stoked on it. That's what I want. And then I find that, you know, I'd say like, 20, 30% of the time, the folks who, you know, were in that 30% of people who, who don't end up signing up, they were just kind of waffly. They weren't really sure. And a lot of times what I notice is those people maybe found me on Yelp or found me via word of mouth. And of course that was in a positive way, but they didn't check out the website and they didn't really know what we were about. Mm -hmm. And I find that that's, that's the biggest thing is they didn't realize what they were getting into. And they're like, oh, this person uses prong collars. I'm not okay with that. You know, where that's really clearly stated on the website. So it's like, I find like people are sometimes finding me, I don't want to say in the wrong way, but especially if you're trying to book someone for a really big program, you want them to kind of see the whole picture and really have a good idea of what's going to be expected of them, what they can expect um, their dog to be able to do realistically. And uh, that's what I find is really going to close a sale is when people are excited about it and have all the information. And I think a lot of these people who get in touch just don't have all of the information. And that might be my fault. You know, maybe I'm not putting it out there in, in an effective way. So. Okay. So there's really only three ways that businesses grow. Number one, you get more clients. And so, you know, a higher volume of clients. Number two, you get clients to buy more often. And number three, you get them, you can increase the transaction amount. So, you know, if your average is 2000, you know, we get that up to 2100 or 2200, whatever. Totally. And so those, those are really the only three ways to buy. Now, as we've been chatting here, I can tell that obviously you're running a great business and I can tell though that there's, there's just one or two inefficiencies, but more than that, if you want to grow, I can see what we need to do to, you know, what you would need to do to kind of make that growth occur. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to start working with you and, and talking with you and seeing if we can come up with ideas for, for how to achieve that growth. So stay right with us. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? 
Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika, Kate Abbott, and Petra Burke. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we're back and uh, we're talking with Karina Melanie out of Massachusetts. We're talking about her dog training business and seeing what we can do to help her grow. Now, to be honest, in talking with you, you're running one of the more efficient companies that I've, you know, that I've spoken with. You have a high conversion rate. You seem to have a strong brand identity. You seem to understand who you are and what you're doing. And so your path to growth is different than a lot of folks. The one main inefficiency that I see is just simply, you know, tracking those numbers. Because like I say, if we want more clients, we need to get more leads. And if we need to get more leads, we need to understand how many people are coming to the website and how we can convert them into leads better. Would you agree with that? Completely. And I think one thing that's also a little bit unique about what I'm doing, and you know, I'm very interested to hear your input, but currently I'm only taking six dogs on max at once. So it's like maybe, I, and I mean, I've raised my prices twice in the past year. So I, I feel like I'm kind of, I don't want to say hitting the ceiling, but it's not that I feel guilty so much, but I'm like, wow, should I really keep raising my prices? You know, we're, we're booked out a while at this point. And I think it's not just like, oh, because we're great and amazing. It's because it's I'm only taking on such a small amount of dogs. I think that's a big, a big part of it as well. And of course, as you're moving forward and getting more clients, there's more word of mouth. So more people are going to be interested, you know, even if you're not doing any active advertising. So, I mean, that being said, what do you think about that? So what does growth look like to you? Does growth look like, you know, giving this employee more work, bringing on a second employee? What does it look like to you? That might be what I have to do. And I think that's going to involve giving up a lot of control on my end. And I think that, you know, I'm sure you've gone through all this in the years that you've been doing this, but training someone is hard and trusting someone to, to continue to do the good work that you've started is hard. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky the employee I have right now is a wonderful human being. He's great. He's been an immense amount of help, but he still has a lot of learning to do. And I'm not really at the point where I can be like, all right, here, like you take these three board and trains and like do behavior modification with this one. You know what I mean? We're not quite there yet. So I'm going to have to spend a lot of time, which is money, um, kind of supervising and continuing to train him. And so I think I need to decide, all right, is that a worthwhile investment? How do I fit that into my schedule right now? I'm trying to run a business, you know? And this mm-hmm. person is super, super motivated. He went and just purchased, I'm um, going to give a shout out to Duke Ferguson, his uh, Genesis training program, which is wonderful. So thanks to Duke, who's pretty much training my trainer right now. So that mm-hmm. definitely takes some stuff off of my plate. But I still need to oversee a lot of that, of course, to make sure that, that me and my trainer are on the same page and he's doing what I need him to do. So we're delivering the same product at the end. So I think that's something that I'm kind of stressing about. And I'm like, all right, like how much do I want to take on with, with giving that to other people? But I think if the business is going to grow, I have to. And that was my question. You know, if you were to paint the perfect picture inside of your mind and you had, because I know a big thing for you is a lifestyle business. Don't you take every other month off or something like that? Yes. And in those months off, you know, and and I talked a little bit about this, you know, it's not like you're sitting around eating bonbons. I'm doing, I think I'm doing about six shadow programs this year. No exaggeration. So in those months off, I'm shadowing with colleagues, always trying to get better, 
you know, personal development. I'm getting to spend some time with my family in DC. So really, really quality stuff. I'm still go, 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 but I'm not actively sitting with dogs working. So it kind of gives, because the board and trains are very intensive. So it kind of gives me a break from that. And the way I work, you know, some people are able to build that balance into their days and into their weeks. For me, I'm on or off. And clearly that's something I need to work on. But I find that if I actually just take a couple weeks or a month off, quote unquote, I'm able to kind of reset and make sure I'm taking care of myself and be the best for the dogs during that next round of board and trains. So. so painting this picture, you know, let's say you were able to have, the, you know, the staff that you wanted, whether that's one or two people, mm-hmm. but, you know, someone that you could trust to really, you know, move dogs forward, do things the way that you would do it. Um, yeah. Could you see that growth curve where you're bringing on more clients and that's the way that you would like to grow? Or would you like to grow by just being you and this guy and forever? I haven't decided that yet. I think I'm still kind of settling into this routine that I have with this new facility. And I think what I'm realizing too is if I want to take on more dogs, I'm going to need a bigger space because what we have right now is about 700 square feet. And um, it works perfectly for six dogs. It's great. It's fantastic. But if I want to start taking on more dogs, there's just not really enough space in there to do that realistically. So that's something I'll have to think about as well. Gotcha. Well, let's move forward on the assumption that you're saying I want responsible growth where I want to maintain my lifestyle. But what that means for me is bringing on, you know, getting this guy trained to a better level, bringing on another trainer, getting them trained to a different level. And I don't know, having two little facilities, you you know, and and this guy runs that one and this girl runs that one and or something. For sure. Like, I would love that. That would be great if I could have like this facility in in Boston and maybe have another facility somewhere else, you know, where I had, like you said, a manager and trainer taking care of this one. That would be great. I could definitely see myself doing that. But either way, each of those facilities, I'd still like to keep that rather small, just because one thing we pride ourselves is being able to give that really, really intensive one-on-one attention to the dogs. And that's kind of what I love about, about what I do is being able to do that and then, you know, provide a really, really good result. Gotcha. Okay. And so, so like I say, going back to that, then what you need is more clients, clients to buy more often or to increase the transaction amounts. That's the only way that your business can grow. Okay. Um, so like I say, if you wanted to only be, you know, you and this guy forever, really you'd be looking at increasing transaction amounts, you know, getting the highest amount possible. And then you're going to have a cap, obviously, if it's just you and one person, unless of course you start branching out into things that can scale products, affiliate offers, things like that. But let's say you want to have that second facility or third facility or whatever, you know, it really boils down to getting more clients and getting them to buy more often as a foundation for that. And so, so like I say, the first thing I see is just the need for tracking a little bit better, you know, tracking your conversion rate on leads to sales. You, you've kind of already got an idea. It might be helpful to, you know, at least track that, you know, exactly mm-hmm. what it is. I've found that a big portion of our clients come from those unconverted leads. And so, you know, for example, we have a process to where somebody comes in, you know, whether it's a phone call or they come in through our website and some people are just shopping around, they're just searching. And so it puts us in a position where we can educate them. And so what I mean by that is we have a drip campaign to where they get this email on this day and they get this email on this day and they get this phone call on this day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're sent this video on this day. And so what happens is I often find that, you know, looking at our transaction history and I can do this with with our software but um, you know looking through our transaction history of of you know folks that are clients oftentimes they've been reading our emails and looking at our videos and getting you know getting information from us for two months six months eight months and so oftentimes there's hidden income there you know that that person gotcha. that just wasn't ready right now but mm-hmm. they might be six months from now and six months from now they're like who's that lady again and then you know yeah. you're not at the top of the mind and so so that can be huge 
So it's like keeping contact um, also, like with I those say, people. Exactly. Keeping in contact in a way that's automated. You know, you had mentioned that you've got a system where, you know, you call them at a certain point, which is great. But, you know, as you grow and as you get more leads and as you get more traffic, it has mm -hmm. to be automated. Otherwise, you know, you're going to go nuts just following up with people. And these um, would be folks who and so, us. Yeah, folks that had emailed or called, you know, called gotcha. and, you know, on the fence or whatever, and they didn't convert into a customer. Every business has that. Now, you're at the higher end. The 70 to 80% is definitely at the higher end. And so there's less kind of hidden income there than maybe the next business. But I think a big part of your hidden income is simply you know, in working with the unconverted traffic, you know, so I think what you need to do is figure out how much traffic is coming in, figure out how many leads you get there and figure out, you know, what that percentage is and start, you know, tweaking your website to, to up that. Now you also mentioned, you know, you've got all these, of course, happy clients and a lot of business comes from word of mouth. Do you have a word of mouth system or do you just hope, you know, just kind of rely that you'll get word of mouth? A word of mouth system. Do you need some kind of referral program? Yeah, referral programs, some sort of system that encourages word of mouth. Do you have anything? At this point, I do not. Okay. Have you ever considered putting something like that in place? Do you mean something like, all right, you know, if you if you go ahead and, and you know, refer us to a client, we'll give you like, I don't know, like $100 off your program or something like that? Uh, yeah, any sort of incentive. I mean, obviously, because here's the thing about word of mouth. Word of mouth is obviously great. You know that. That's That's what's been growing your business a lot. But word of mouth is inconsistent or can be inconsistent. And so, you know, it's not like, ah, shoot, we're low on numbers this month. Let's go get word of mouth. You know, yeah, for sure. you can't necessarily do that unless you have a unless you have a system in place. And so do you have any systems in place with veterinarians or, or, or things to get referrals for that? I do. Um, when I was working out of Beantown Bed and Biscuit in Coolidge Corner in Brookline, Massachusetts, um, they had a vet on site there. Me and her have a wonderful relationship and we both refer to each other. That's been really wonderful. Um, there's also a veterinarian clinic out in Newton, who I haven't even ever spoken to, and they refer people to me. So that's also wonderful. But I think that's a really good point that you're making. It would be great if I could kind of, you know, obviously for Amy, the vet over at Beantown, I'm referring people her way as well. But maybe if I could do something for the folks over at Newton who are already so kindly sending people my way to kind of show my appreciation and just like you said, create incentive. Right. And figure out a way to systemize it. So for example, what could you offer them that's of value to them? Because I think one of the biggest mistakes that dog trainers or dog walkers or pet sitters or whatever make is that they go to the vet or they go to the grooming shop saying, hey, how can you help me? What can you do going in saying, how can I help you? Sure. I think that I could totally offer um, going in and giving, I don't know, talks to the clients about handling skills or, or leash reactivity or, you know, yeah, I don't know, something like that, you know, and maybe offer to give, give a free seminar or something like that to their clients, which would not be a, a really difficult thing for me to do. You know, I just take an evening and head over there for an hour or two. Do you know what their problems are? Um, I have a good idea and I understand from the way that from, uh, you know, what their clients who they're sending over are telling me. So that's, I think, where I get an idea of, of what people are struggling with, at least coming from a certain clinic or from a certain area. Okay. You know, because uh, the way that I always like to re approach referral programs, whether it's a veterinarian, a groomer, a customer or whomever is go from their problem. You know, what are their problems and how can we solve it? Sure. And so I'll give you an example. And I don't even know if this is going to work. I'm just going to throw it out there because I'm actually supposed to be going and doing it today. No, this so is great. I, yeah. <laughs> I went and spoke with a vet the other day and, uh, you know, gave him a, gave him a brief presentation, kind of like what you're talking about doing. And then afterwards I just kind of sat down and said, you know, what problems do you guys have? And so mm -hmm. it happened that they had a dog in that they knew they weren't going to get payment on because, you know, they took it in because it was, 
was an emergency case, but the owner has no money. They know the owner has no money, but they still took it in out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. And so my thought was, okay, you've got this problem. How can I help you solve it? And so again, I'm going today to drop these off. So I have no idea if this is going to work, but I said, Hey, how about I do this? I'll come by. I've got these DVDs. And what I have is, is a primer DVD. It's, um, it's a one hour DVD on a lot of our techniques and stuff like that. And it cost me, what, a dollar to create that. I said, how about this? I'll come over. I'll bring you 20 DVDs. And you can create this program where you sell these DVDs. I'll give you the DVDs for free. The only thing I ask is that you actually sell them. I don't want to give them to you. You guys throw them away. I'll give you the DVDs for free. That's 20 bucks out of my pocket. You guys then sell them. Sell them for whatever you want. Five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever you want. And then create this fund. And as long as you guys are creating a fund where it goes to helping, you know, folks that don't have enough money, that way you guys get paid. But then, you know, of course, your clients can get this really great dog training information. And so they were like, that's great. You know, and so... (laughs) I give them $20 worth of stuff. If they sell it for 20 bucks, let's say, you know, that's $400. And that's a, you know, that's a pretty decent treatment of, uh, of something, you know, if they're able to sell all of those. Now, of course, what it allows me to do is it allows me to get in front of 20 people who are in need. You know, a lot of folks go to the veterinarian office and they, you know, they know they need dog training, but they haven't like done anything about it. They probably never will do anything about it. But somebody that yep. plunks down $20 is somewhat serious. You know, they're better than somebody that's, you know, doesn't even go to the library and get a book. And so they're a much more qualified lead. And then of course, in the DVD slip, you know, it's going to be, we're going to have like, hey, come get your free evaluation. Or in fact, I got to get my assistant to, to draw this up. But anyways, you know, come get your free evaluation or, you know, come do a day of day training. You know, it's usually a hundred bucks, get it for 50 bucks or whatever. That's something you can do in an afternoon is put together a DVD like that and then go offer them some real value. Or maybe that's not their problem. Maybe their problem is, their texts keep getting bit or maybe their problem is you know the way they have their waiting room set up dogs are on top of each other and you know they're fighting or whatever but like say generally I think you're going to do really well to figure out what their problems are and solve those problems in a way that leads back to you does that does that make sense it does and I think I like I like what you're saying and I think a lot of it what it sounds like to me is really just relationship building you know with these establishments and looking looking for the need Exactly. And I would call it systemized relationship building to where there's a system, not that you like have these real bad ulterior motives, like, aha, I'm going to trick you guys into giving me leads. But, you know, <laughs> like you had already mentioned, you know, you're looking for your right type of client, the client that's going to put forth effort. Same type of thing. You're looking for the right kind of vet, the vet that knows they have a problem, are willing to allow somebody to help them solve that problem, you know, are willing to be humble enough to do that. Not the vet that's like, no, everything we do is perfect. And, you know, screw you, you're a dog trainer type thing. <laughs> Yep. That's where it gets a little bit dicey, though, because ironically, a lot of these vet clinics that are referring clients to us, they're not really very supportive of balanced training. So why they're referring clients to us, I don't I don't know. But um, so I think that's something and I don't know if everyone there has an issue with it. But that's something I run into a lot is, you know, like, hey, I'm willing to, you know, give this presentation or, or help your staff out with this or, you know, show you guys how to do this with a dog. And they're like, oh, we don't use those methods or we don't use those tools. And it's like, OK, so that that right there can be can be a roadblock I found sometimes. It could be. And so, like I say, you know, what can you do to educate them? Maybe that's where you just go in with the DVD and the DVD is not like, hey, here's my method. 
methods. The DVD is, you know, the the three, two, one system for how to not have vet techs get bit in the waiting room or whatever. I don't know. Sure, you know, totally. Address the problem. Create a DVD. Create a book. Create a folder. Create something mm-hmm. that addresses the problem, and then, like I say, educates them on why these tools are good. Because totally. I'm willing to bet that the vets don't like those tools based on a lack of their own education, right? It is absolutely true, and I've been so blessed because the vet over at Beantown, who I worked with, is incredibly open-minded and has amazing colleagues in the industry, and she has a lot of influence. And she, of course, saw me work all the time firsthand. She was right back there with me. And she even said to me, she was like, you know, purely positive, went to Tufts, you know, this was not her her realm, but she had also never seen, you know, aggressive dogs be rehabbed. That was just not something that she was familiar with. And she was like, I never knew that those tools could be used this way. She was like, I just would have never known. And so it's been so wonderful having her on board because she has been able to talk to some of her colleagues. And in fact, I've trained some of her colleagues' dogs. These are other vets, you know, who usually do not support this kind of stuff. So I don't know what relationship she has with the folks over at this other clinic. But I guess the point is I totally see where you're coming from. And I think this could still be something that could work. You know, so a lot of not all of them are close minded. You know, there are some people who I think just like you said, they need to see it. They want to see you do it. And then when they see you do it, they're like, oh, that's not what I thought it was going to look like. So well, in a good way. And, and that's where it's a numbers game. Let's say you identify 10 veterinarians that would be the perfect partner for you. And you know that these 10 veterinarians, you know, don't like your tools, for example. If you created a content piece that, you know, was compelling enough for them to actually open it and read it or watch it or whatever, or you put it on a cheap tablet and brought it in and said, hey, I'm going to come back for this tablet on Friday, you know, just watch this video or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, just something that educated them, you probably won't get 10 out of 10. But if you got one or two out of 10, that makes all of that work worthwhile because they start pumping you new referrals and new new clients and things like that. And so we're just about out of time. I just wanted to mention one more thing. And going back to looking at traffic and how well your traffic converts, once you know how well your traffic converts, it it's almost literally like having a cash machine. And what I mean by that is Let's say you say, okay, for every 100 visitors that come, I get six leads. For every six leads that come, I get three sales or four sales. You know, you can literally just say, okay, here's the exact numbers and how it works. These four sales are worth $8,000. And so if you say, well, next month I want to bring on a new trainer, which means I need $6,000 extra, Mm -hmm. that means I need um, 400 new visitors to my website or whatever. And so once you know those numbers, then you can start going after, you know, SEO and different, you know, video. And shoot, I wish I kind of wrote down notes. I wish I had time. I've got some really great tips on like, you know, how to get traffic with YouTube and things like that. But if you know your stats, you can like really work through this cash machine process where you say, okay, let me plug in a hundred more visitors and that's going to give me a thousand more dollars. Let me plug in whatever. And and I know it's going to bring me whatever. Right now, you're flying blind. You're hoping people come to the website. You're hoping they turn into a lead. But uh, but yeah, so in any case, uh, I would recommend that you really start looking at that tracking. And then at that point, you know, you start working on getting more traffic to the website so that you're getting them online. And then, of course, you're working your offline referral partners, which are your vets, you know, figuring out a, uh, you know, a referral program with your clients, what you can offer them that's of value so that they bring people into you, things like that. And I think, you know, if you did just those two things, referral, referral plan on this side and, uh, you know, increased traffic and increased conversions on the online side, 
you know, you could increase revenue fifty, seventy thousand dollars based on what you're mm-hmm. doing right now. And so, awesome. you know, if not more. And so, we've done this a few times where we really look at. And and I'm, you know, I definitely don't have a perfect business, but we, you know, like it seems like every other year. I know I should be doing this much more often. We dig into the business, say, okay, you know, from a consultative type standpoint, looking at our own business, say, what can we do? And last year we did, you know, we really went for the online stuff. And just doing the online stuff, we increased by like 300 something thousand. And this year, we're really pushing for the offline stuff, you know, the vet referral partners, the groomers, stuff like that. And when so, you say online stuff, do you mean, do you mean videos and whatnot? So I mean the whole process, bringing them in through videos, gotcha. through content pieces, and then looking at the conversion process on the website mm-hmm. um, and looking at what we're doing. In fact, just for you and the, and the listeners out there, we just added a new tool about two months ago that dramatically increased the leads. And so the same amount of traffic that increased the leads, I, I don't even know what we're paying. I think it's $40 a month or $50 a month, but it's mm-hmm. called leadpages.net. And that's just a simple lead capturing tool that you can put on any website. And that has dramatically increased the leads that we're getting. And so with the exact same amount of traffic, without spending more money on advertising, without spending more, well, we spend $40 a month or whatever, but without spending all this extra money, we're just capturing more of this hidden income because they were already on our site. They just weren't turning into a lead very well because of how our website was. Mm -hmm. And adding one tool, you know, increased that by like, I don't remember our numbers, 40, 50%. And so, you know, that's 40 or 50% extra revenue for $40 a month. And so every business has stuff like that, you know, just kind of this hidden income. And so your website, I can guarantee has a hidden income. You've got referral partners on accident. If you made it more purposeful, there's Mm -hmm. hidden income right there just in your local community. And so, so anyways, I'm chatting a lot. Thoughts on that? Questions on that? Uh, no, that all sounds great. You know, I think with my own business, I was always striving to to bring integrity and business ethics back to this profession. Not that a lot of people aren't doing awesome things, but um, you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a wide a wide range there. And I've always wanted to charge a lot but offer value and do what mm-hmm. I say I'm going to do. And I think that's kind of what's carried us to where we are in the direction that we're going in now. And I've definitely got my homework cut out for me. So this is good. I got a lot of awesome stuff that I can get started on to kind of carry us in that direction. I think I just never considered kind of taking those same principles and those same ethics and applying those to my relationships with, you know, referrals or folks who might be referring me. So I think that's going to be really great. Yeah, you know, I think you and I are definitely on the same page. A couple episodes ago, I talked about how we were able to grow a lot. And and that's kind of my main philosophy, too, is how can I add more to these people, these people being clients or these people being vets or these people being groomers or whatever? How can I add more to them almost selfishly knowing that I'll get more back, but at the same time, selflessly realizing that uh, in doing so, you're going to improve their life and, it, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships type thing, if, if that makes sense. It's so true. And when I started out, you know, I had really weird feelings about money too. And I felt weird about taking money from people. A lot of people have prosperity issues in that regard. And I think that what I've really learned personally with this career and in starting this business and with this business really taking off and going to a place where even four years in, I never thought I would be at 28, you know, financially and personally, it really is about looking at what you can do for people And that is going to give back to you so much. And in giving back to you, you're going to be able to help people so much more because you're not going to be struggling to pay the rent. You're going to be able to take care of yourself. You're going to be able to hire good help. You're going to be able to have a good facility and a good security system and take care of the dog. So it all all comes back to putting you in a good spot so you can do more for others. And when I started looking at money that way, it really just changed the entire game for sure. Awesome. So. Well, you're running an awesome business. You've got hidden income like everyone does. You know, there's not a business on earth that isn't doing, couldn't be doing something better, but you've got a lot of hidden income there. 
And so I, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that at least this jogged a few ideas on, on directions that you can go. Oh, it did. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, for those listening, I appreciate you being on the show today. I encourage you to go to PetLifeRadio.com, hit Six Figure Dog Business to listen to all of our episodes. And of course, I recommend you go to all the different shows. There's tons of shows on this station that uh, a lot of really wide variety of cool dog-related, pet-related shows. So I recommend you head over to PetLifeRadio.com. If you want to see more of what we're doing, go to TieTheDogGuy.com. And Corinna, why don't we uh, plug your site real quick and what you're doing? Thank you. We are the Loyal Hound. that's all one word, dot com. And uh, definitely check us out on Facebook, too. We're posting a ton of video from, from dogs that we have in right now, and people always like to see that. So enjoy. Awesome. Well, thanks for being a guest on the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me and for your advice. All right, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.